0: India Charts, the truth about the markets. Hello and welcome everyone to yet another series of India Charts podcast. I'm Chavan here and along with me, Rohit Srivatsav. Hi Rohit, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi Chavan. hi everyone. And let's get on with another round of what the market has been doing.
0: Nifty again has lost its strength every now and then. I'm not able to see a good rally on the upside. Do you think a double zigzag is happening where the nifty might get corrected even further more?
1: So this is an interesting question and I think it has been uh, bothering me for most of the uh, day at least because uh, initially uh, I was not expecting such a deep cut uh, post the rally that we saw after the budget. So it looked like you had a strong bounce back from that panic and then once again you are seeing another round of panic. But uh, one thing to look back and see, it's not really interesting but... Every rally that we've seen since September has actually seen steep pullbacks. So, even the first rally which you got post the tax breaks retraced 61% of that move. Then, eventually, got another move higher, it pulled back a bit, then further higher. And then, once we got past the 12,000 mark or 11,900 mark, we've seen a series of pullbacks every time the market has moved up. Now, we've of course hit the trend line of all the previous highs of the last two years, which was at 12,500, and that has become a critical resistance for the market but uh, I'm uh, one thing which i am watching very very closely is the broad market which is uh, the mid-cap index which looks a little different than what the nifty is doing until it actually starts breaking down which is why i put out a chart of the mid-cap index today on, and it should be on most of the social media and if you're following it there you can see that the trend line from the october low did not really break in fact it ended up holding as support even today intraday and you got a bounce back so and keeping my fingers crossed, I think it's a bit early to say whether you're getting that deeper pullback. moment the market sells off, it looks like you know the uh, world is falling apart. But I would re- really like to give it another f- day or two to really be sure. I think there are good odds that you can even uh, bottom out or for all you know, I have bottomed out today because when I look at the correction that we got from 12,430 uh, all the way down to 11,600 post the budget. And then I look at the pattern. We see on the hourly chart, it's pretty pretty much similar. It's like a three-wave correction. And so, uh, although when we look at the daily chart, actually the Nifty and Bank Nifty will look like an expanded flat. So, we will see how that goes. But I think it's a bit early to say that we are going all the way back to test 11600 or 11300. The odds are open, but uh, they are open both ways.
0: So, at what point of time you will be able to you know predict this that okay fine you know uh, wave three has started because you have been telling over the past couple of weeks or three weeks that yeah wave three is going to start on the upside but somehow the nifty has been pulling it back you know the market is pulling back every time so at what point are you sure now that okay wave three is here
1: So that's an interesting question and there are two ways we really approach this one is uh, by countering it with apart from elliott wave even the momentum indicators and you can actually get a two-sided view because if you look at the weekly momentum it ends up appearing to be in sell mode and if you look at the daily momentum it actually ends it's still in buy mode i think despite the steep correction almost came to touching point i think today and when you're in that kind of situation uh, you have to consider which one should you really go with now. Uh, if you build a broader bias, that value well, we you saw a pretty steep correction post the budget, which means we saw an almost 50% retracement of the entire rise, which is pretty a pretty good retracement. And now we are fighting between whether you will do 50% or you will do 61% in the case of a double zigzag. So I would really not want to spend too much time on thinking about that last minute effect uh, and. I tell you, but if you, but then rather than take my opinion, if you have to decide, what should you really do? I think it comes down to what's what bias you want to take based on what the what action the market has already done like for example in some stocks for uh, like if you look at reliance industries or a couple of the banks which have been outperforming like icica bank they are really not seeing those kind of steep cuts uh that you're uh, you know really looking for in fact in 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 some of them they've pulled back and taken support at the 40 week average or their weekly Bollinger band so as in where in individual names that has happened it it starts telling you that you know you shouldn't look for too much downside, and so uh, the risk reward is really not favorable on being too bearish on uh, the given security or the NFT itself. And so that's what I am looking at and thinking if I'm really looking at a secondary sell off in the NFT to a lower low, are the odds favoring me or not? So, like I said, when I look at the mid cap index, and it's already back to the lower Bollinger band today and took support there then I feel the odds of really being bearish on stocks at this level are not very good unless you think that we are into a larger bear market so that's the really uh, uh, big answer to get if you think you are in a larger bear market if that's the approach you started out with then with every rise since you hit that 12,430 mark you would be thinking that every rise is a retracement and you are going to head lower which is an approach I was taking last year when the mid caps were selling off now uh, that after a one one and a half year bear market in uh, the mid caps uh, they are starting to break out in fact they've broken out of the falling uh, trend channel in january i would start believing that you know i should not look for uh, you know selling every rise but actually look at uh, you know pullbacks as uh, opportunities and that's once you take that mindset then you stop thinking about whether you're going to make a double zigzag and make a lower low once you had a steep enough correction Uh, or every time you see an ABC decline you actually look at uh, entry position so that's uh, the variation can you be wrong definitely you can be wrong and if the market proves to be turning the other way you will probably have to also turn with it Uh, but you can look for other signs which come from other uh, indicators for example you can actually look at what the USDINR is doing is it really uh, correspondingly giving us the same fear indication that we are looking for from the nifty
0: So Rohit is not ready to speak about
1: the winter yet? No, the winter is something that's uh, on the back of my mind. I am not giving up the winter in terms of a theory because uh, the autumn bull market is one which is always relatable with an expansion in levels of credit and debt, something which was mostly a global concern has also now become a domestic concern since I started covering that story. So we turned out to be right about that. Now the final phase of it is whether you'll end with creating more inflation or you will end in a completely deflationary uh, decline. So far with central bank interventions and governments being active the odds are higher that you continue to push for some kind of an inflationary expansion. And so once we got the correction in mid caps what we have been looking for over the last quarter is whether we continue with uh, policy measures which are expansionary in nature and they continue to support markets. So are we still in a winter? The answer is yes, the question is what is going to be the side effect of Uh, the excessive consumption that we are doing and how we are going to deal with it and if we are going to deal with it with monetary expansion then we need to position ourselves accordingly because financial markets tend to like expansionary policy
0: let's talk about the telecom sector you know especially I want to talk on Bharti Eitel which is on absolute fire over the last one year the stock has literally got doubled you know in spite of all the issues the sector is facing what is your take on this
1: i think moment the agr dues issue propped up uh, it made it pretty clear that uh, who are going to be the winners and losers and you can actually see a lot of research reports out there that started to say uh, that you know Bharati was uh, a buy uh, so various brooking houses actually put those reports out stating that now that you are down to a few players pricing power can actually come back and uh, that also had a rub off effect on uh, uh, you know vodafone idea itself uh, the real issue has been you know when are you going to make these payments? Initially, it looked like they would get a lot of leeway in terms of time uh, and uh, on the size of the payment itself, but now you have this battle going on with the Supreme Court, and it appears like at least, uh, at a uh, broadly speaking, there's going to be, uh, you know, one loser in this game. So the market is questioning that, but the game's not over. I think there'll be some back and forth between. The tech, telecom operators and the uh, government or the Supreme Court, in terms of trying to attempt to either reduce the said amount or to push it over a period of time. But while all that is happening, it's creating a negative sentiment on the market itself. Uh, but you, since you mentioned Bharati, that is coming out, that has come out as a winner in in this whole fight, and which is why the market seems to be liking it, and you know a lot of brokers are putting out reports on it.
0: In fact, after no, you know, uh, almost like nine or ten years, it has given a big breakout. Are you a perma bull on Bharti
1: Hotel at this point? So I'm not so sure. It's uh, what I can say is yes. When you have such a big breakout, it definitely means that uh, you started a larger uh, upward trend. So uh, that's something which has happened. Uh, what what does happen with this sector is that it it has over time had become pretty commoditized, and which is why down pricing was really hurting the sector internally and it was not really really able to come out what's going in its favor uh, in light of that is that they are getting some of their pricing power back especially if you are just down to two or three players so i think that has made it an interesting place to be Uh, how long it stays that way will have to need to be watched but purely on price definitely it's broken out so the trend uh, starts to you know look higher
0: Okay so let's talk about the currency do you see a breakout in the dollar anytime soon
1: So I've been waiting uh, for the big picture on the USD INR to play out in fact most recently you've had a strong rally in the dollar index and it has driven up most of the dollar pairs whether you look at the USD AUD you look at the USD SGD you look at uh, USD CNY which is not moved a lot but still it's higher Uh, but you do see it in USDBRL which is the Brazilian real so many currencies have actually weakened against the dollar as the dollar index headed higher but surprisingly and well I don't know if I should say surprisingly because the USDNR has many times in the past decided whether it wants to participate in the dollar rally or not we have seen many occasions where if we track just the DXY and try to predict the USDNR will head higher it does but not with the same momentum that some of the other currency pairs show and so this time too you have actually not seen it break out since it started to go into a very, very tight range. It has remained in that range, which is somewhere around the 72 mark on the upside and uh, around the 70 mark, uh, you know, 71 mark on the lower side. And this 1 rupee range, we have seen a sort of triangular pattern develop over the last several months. And uh, it didn't even make an attempt to move out of it when you had the sell off, when the, you know, budget. Uh, led to a panic in the market so somehow the usdnr is still remaining in this range i'm very watchful when it will start the next wave because technically speaking the next wave would be a third of a fifth and that would again take it beyond the 74 75 highs that it has made what is not apparent is whether that move is coming right away or it's going to continue to remain in this range for a while longer before it does so
0: how does this affect the indian markets if nifty uh, i mean the, the dollar breaks out
1: So typical relationship between USDNR and equities has been that it's inversely related, which is why in the beginning, uh, one of the arguments I made in the end was that I'm watching the USDNR for a sign whether whether the currency market is panicking on the trend that we are seeing in equities. So that usually would confirm to a larger correction uh, in equities themselves. So far, we are not getting that sign of confirmation that uh, the currency market is panicking, which means probably foreign investors are not really too negative or maybe that's because they are extremely hedged because if you look at their positions in the index futures they were short two days ago by almost over 100,000 contracts yesterday it came down to around 85,000 contracts we look at what happened today because the market's fallen further but as they keep covering their shorts and they're still short which means they've hedged themselves meaningfully they're really not running away from the market and so that shows up in your currency pair if it's not really weakening significantly you don't have so much pressure from at least the currency side the only other pressure point could have been oil and oil prices have recently crashed so you're not really getting any negative indication from the currency itself for equities right now
0: metal sector is actually melting is the short term story over
1: so i've liked metals for the last quarter the primary reason was that i was betting on a reflation trade based on a falling dollar which was true between september and december you did get a falling dollar but the dollar index peaked on the 17th of january and since then it has been rising all over again while it's not had any impact on the currency as we discussed earlier, it has definitely had an impact on metal prices. So you've seen copper prices sell off, zinc prices sell off. You've seen oil itself drop from it had almost reached to $65. Now it's back to 46 48 And so the point is, are you going to get another peak in the dollar? I wrote a note, I think, which I shared uh, two days ago, discussing the trend in the euro, which is usually the inverse of the dollar since it makes up more than 50% of the DXY and it looks like you are in late stages of this move you might still have some upside on the dollar index but i sense that at some point of time maybe closer to the hundred mark or a little above that you will make a final top and turn down again so uh, i'm waiting for that signal and as and when that happens i would expect metal prices to make a comeback Uh, but right now i think there you see more fear around metals because of what is happening in china uh, and the uh, slowdown impact that it would have and therefore, people have backed off from the metal trade that was looking so good. So I think there are two things which we are playing around with. Uh, but I think both of these things, like I said, if I'm looking at the dollar eventually peaking out and if the China impact is temporary, eventually the metal trade comes back. But right now, I think it's taken a backseat. At the same time, I would not expect an outright crash in the metal sector.
0: How concerned are you on the retail inflation? There has been a constant rise in the inflation. Has it temporarily put a full stop for the RBI to further reduce the i mean bring
1: the rates down so what they have done this time is a you know very interesting set of things where uh, they, uh, they've they done something that's been related with the ltro something which is was done in various global markets where you you know buy long-term bonds and uh, finance it with short term so uh, when you actually do that you are actually breaking down long-term yields and you can actually see the 10-year bond yields come down now that should have been uh, so that's not uh, the RBI really backing off yet on the inflation data because somewhere they expect couple of months down the line that inflation will stabilize and will not really be running away. Now the initially we thought that a large part of the inflation was coming mostly from food prices and I would have simply said like I did I think in the last podcast that food prices are a temporary effect and they will go away once the winter uh, you know pro- produce comes in. However what we saw in this time in the core inflation we did see that it was not just food but core inflation going up which is uh, you know outside of food and fuel uh, that does raise some concern about the trend in inflation uh, but i think it needs to be watched because when you're only looking at data point standalone for you know one time period if it becomes a trend then it's definitely going to be concerning and then would put RBI on a backseat. right now i think it's just a bump up that we have seen and we'll need to watch that data at least for another uh you know month or so Uh, but if the trend upwards continues then it would keep the rbi from raising rates further
0: big concerns with the overhang overhang on markets the is the economic slowdown because of the coronavirus
1: so definitely Something like this, which puts everyone on a back foot, whether it's in the form of travel, there have been production cuts, factories have been put to halt, people are being told to stay home, especially in Southeast Asia and parts of China, which is a large part of the global economy. You just had a warning last night from Apple itself that uh, the guidance might not be met for this quarter. All this does have the temporary immediate effect in terms of a slowdown. Uh, but you should note that we already had a slowdown prior to this which we were trying to firefight and it has not helped that you had the virus you know spreading and further exacerbating the situation so you're already in a slowdown and now you got reasons why you know even despite all the stimulus you continue to you know slow down but what you need to understand is uh, and everyone's trying to figure this out is whether the effect will be temporary so far It appears that way because it will get contained maybe peak by sometime in March or April is what the general expectation is. And once you do that, while this might be like a tsunami, you remember what happened in Japan in 2011. The year they actually saw a a huge slowdown for 6 months and then a year later they had year on year base effects and then growth really bounced back. So is this going to be a scenario like that? So far it's looking so. Unless you had the outbreak really spreading to multiple countries and multiple cities around the world shutting down something that has not happened and it would be only fear mongering to really say that's going to be the case given the measures that are already being taken to contain it and to keep it from spreading. Uh, In light of that, once it does come under control, things uh, would stabilize and then you would start looking at things improving. So the impact is really immediate. It's more on uh, the data points that you're going to get over the next quarter are definitely not going to look good because of it. Uh, But after that, you'd start seeing the base effects again.
0: I hope all ends well. Thanks, Rohit, for your time again. To all the viewers, please visit indiacharts.com. And subscribe to our newsletters. Thank you, Rohit.
1: Thank you, everyone. And hope to see you again next week. Nothing in this podcast is investment advice. Views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work. Please consult a registered financial advisor for the same. And yes, please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge.